This podcast is brought to you by Microsoft Teams. When there are more ways to be together, there are more ways to be a team. He's covered the big events and talked to the biggest names in sports for more than three decades. Breeze, end zone, he hit 500 career touchdown passes. From Super Bowls to the World Series, he's been there, he'll be there, and he's here now for CMI, the Chris Myers Interview. Well, it's great to have Dave Wonstad on, former head coach, and you see him on Fox NFL Sunday as an analyst. And if you're in the Chicago area, you hear him on uh, different broadcast platforms. And uh, Dave, it's good, it's good to see you. You're relaxing in, in, in Chicago. Uh, how you holding up? You doing all right? Yeah, it is. You know, Chicago is, is uh, it's pretty tight right now, you know, obviously with the COVID, but, uh, but it's good. I mean, you know, work has been going on, a lot of stuff like everybody from home and Zooms and all that, but uh Everything's good. I got six grandkids up here, so it really makes it nice. Now, unfortunately, they're not participating in many sports because of it. But, uh, you know, I, I could do something five days a week between all their sports. Absolutely. It's, yeah. it's great. So you're still you're almost coaching still in a sense, and we enjoy your broadcast work, which we'll get. Hey, well, let me just ask you as a as a broadcast, what have you anything jump out at you that you learned doing broadcasting about your profession, either coaching or, or watching football? Uh, that, that you didn't notice before? Is, is, there some, is there a big thing that you say, wow, okay, this, this helps, or I didn't notice this, or that's why they did this? Two things. One, uh, keep my answers shorter. You know, in the broadcast, <laughs> I, I, sometimes, you know, you get talking as a coach and you're trying to give reporters information. And I think, you know, on TV, and nobody does it better than you, Chris, or knows better than you, but you know, everything is, is a 20 second or a 30 second answer and that's it. So I, uh, that, uh, that took me a while. That took me a while to adjust to that. And then the other thing too, from an X and O standpoint, and I talk to, you know, it's not coaching, but every week, once I find out what our big topics are going to be on our show for Fox, I will either reach out to players that I know or head coaches or general managers or somebody and try to get a little bit of what, where, where they're coming from and a little bit of inside information to, and, and, and that's been, uh, that's been very interesting to me. It's, uh, you know, just being able to kind of keep in touch with the game a little bit and, and get their perspective. So it's, it's been good. I, I try to stay, stay as close to it as possible without coaching. Yeah, because you take the information, right? And then you, they, we want your opinion, too, on the broadcast. But then you always have to be careful. Our, and usually it's secondhand. I heard Dave said this on the air, Coach, and it's really not what was exactly said, but they're mad at you about it. Yeah, that happened. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and, and you're right. And the other side, too, and this happened to me, I've got some guys like Scott Turner, you know, Norfson. I gave right. Scott his first job work for me at Pitt. He started off as a graduate coach. Norv and I are very good friends. We, we still talk all the time. We were together at USC, at Dallas, at Miami. And so his son wanted to get into coaching. So now all of a sudden he's worked up the ladder. He's the offensive coordinator for the Redskins. So you got to be careful that I'm not overly, you know, in a positive way, partial to the Redskins, even though I've, I've done that a few times. And people have reached out and said, boy, you love the Redskins. Oh, you think they're that good? I said, well, I don't know. I, I, I saw, you know, it's, you, you want your guys to do good and, uh, and you, you just got to know where to draw the line at. 
Yeah, and we, and we fall into the habit. I had to train myself just doing a Washington game, the Washington football team, right? It's still after – Oh, God. You know, what did, I, did, I, I, did I say, did I, did I say <laughs> Redskins? I don't yeah, even know. Did I? Yes. Yeah, you see – Right. We, we don't even know. It, it took so long with teams like the Raiders, right, that, that move and even the Rams, you go from St. Louis to L.A. But let me let me go back to all the Washington team, because that's a uh, as we're talking here, there's three games left in the regular season. And, and I, I know, obviously, you talked about Scott Turner and Ron Rivera and what he's done. And you're an old defensive guy. I know you're stuffing. Are you shocked? I know it's not a great division record wise, but isn't it an amazing? Isn't that one of the amazing stories that they're in first place and really control their own path to the playoffs with three games left in the regular season? It is. And you know what I credit to? I, I, I look, look at everybody in the National Football League right now. And, and we used to always talk about, hey, we would practice hard during the week. And, and practice was where we got our confidence. But at the end of the day, we wanted to play our best games at the end in December, because that's when if, if you were relevant at that time, that's when you had to play your best football in order to get in the playoffs, win division, Super Bowl, whatever. And uh, so when I look around the league now, you see some teams that are, have gotten worse and you wonder to yourself, how could that happen? You know, the Raiders, the last two or three games. I mean, it's just w- w- what's happened there. Uh, sometimes there's a reason it's obvious. Sometimes it, it makes you, I mean, I look at it from a coaching perspective and you look at the Washington Redskins and look at the New York Giants. Both of those teams, where they started and how they played week one and week two and how they're playing now as a football team. And, and I'm talking about, uh, you know, tackling. They're not breaking assignments. They're, they're not turning people loose in the backfield. I mean, penalties are down. I mean, all these statistics, when you see a team like Washington and the Giants, I'm going to give them put them in the same category. I mean, these two teams have gotten better. And, and I think it's a great job. You know, hats off to the head coaches and the assistant coaches and the players for buying in. And, and now here they are with with an opportunity to win the division, as crazy as that sounds. Yeah, and what and like a team like the Steelers, Dave, right? At one point we were talking about, hey, can they go, you know, undefeated for the whole season here? They've lost back-to-back games. And now people are saying, oh, well, they're not even one of the best teams in the AFC. I don't know what you think of that because there's time for them to turn it around. We know Tomlin is a heck of a coach. But, but give, me your, give me your thought of where the Steelers are now and where you think they'll be come playoff time. You know what? Last week's game against Buffalo highly disappointed me because the week before that, you know, they lose and uh, Mike Tomlin comes out and they drop seven balls. They have the most drops by 10, I think it is, of any team in the league. And, and I said, you know what? They look like a tired team to me. They look like a team that was tired – and, and then you hear Ben talk, you know, they lost their bye week because of the COVID stuff. They were playing Thursday and they were going to have a long weekend on Thanksgiving and they lose that game and that gets moved back. And then they end up losing to the Redskins. Uh, so in my mind, mentally, they were a tired team. Well, he comes out and talks about that. And then he, Mike Tomlin talks about if we can't run the ball for a yard, we don't deserve to beat anybody. I really, I was totally convinced. And when I coached at the University of Pittsburgh, for our, our, our listeners here, I coached there for six years. I had Darrell Rivas and LaShawn McCoy and, and Aaron Donald. When I was at Pittsburgh, we share facilities with the Steelers. And you've probably been there, Chris, you know, so yeah, you know what I'm yeah, talking about. Yeah, I know. And uh, so I, I became very close with Mike Tomlin. You know, they'd be, we'd be going out to practice. They'd be coming in. I'd get out there early, watch. 
we'd go back and forth. We ate in the same cafeteria. Uh, we shared the same indoor facility. So my point is that I know the steel organization pretty darn good. And one thing that they want to do with their DNA is run the football. And for them to come out last week, last Sunday against Buffalo, and have zero running game, have zero play action passes, nothing's changed. And 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 I'm uh, if I was Mike Tomlin, I would be having a heart to heart with my offensive coordinator and well, saying, you know, I, we all seeing the same thing because something's missing. I don't know if it's Ben or what it is. Mm-hmm. Well, I was going to ask about that. A veteran quarterback, when I covered, did the Steeler game last year, you know, Ben, which, which he deserves with his experience, a little more, I don't know if control in the offense is the right way to phrase that, but you have a veteran quarterback. We've seen Aaron Rodgers do some of this with Green Bay. So I, I think that's one thing there. And how is a head coach, and we know Tom was a defensive-minded coach, but he's a head coach overall. How, I mean, it, it, do, you, do you go to your veteran quarterback and say, hey, with your offensive coordinator, I mean, we don't know the specifics there, but you hit on it. We know, and Mike Tomlin knows, there's a problem there. Yeah, no, I, absolutely, because it's going to fall back on you. I mean, if they lose another game or two, uh, whether it's Ben or the offensive coordinator, the guy that's going to take the, 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 the blunt is deserving so the buck stops with the head coach. So Mike better be dealing with it now, hopefully, because he's going to be dealing with it later if it doesn't get solved. But it's, I, I wonder if Ben has too much influence on this offense. It almost looks like the passes he's throwing, I think his percentage, he's last in the NFL in, in play-action passes attempted. No team has done less than Ben. And they're third from the bottom in rushing attempts per game. I mean, now that so uh, you know everything's a, and, and they're averaging about five yards a pass, which is 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 terrible. I mean, it's uh, I don't know if he's trying to stay healthy or what they're doing, but it's not going to work. They, it's not going to work. You're not going to be able to make make any deep throws and score enough points. I don't think once you get into the playoffs. Now there are more ways to be a team with Microsoft Teams. With Together Mode, you can bring everyone together in one space in the same virtual room. You can bring the power of true collaboration to your projects with whiteboard, drawing, sharing, and building ideas in real time, all on the same page. And with large gallery view, you can see more of your team all at once with up to 49 people on screen all at the same time. You can even raise your hand virtually so everyone can be seen and heard. When there are more ways to be together, there are more ways to be a team. Learn more about all the newest Teams features at Microsoft.com slash Teams. You know, you mentioned it, Pitt. You had Aaron Donald along with some other great players. I, I just did the Washington game where Chase Young, uh, and I bring this up because I, I, I saw a defensive player really affect the entire game, not just from the defense, but scoring points. I've seen Aaron Donald do that type of thing for the – for the Rams. Is it, am I on to something here? These are the two, not that this is any great revelation, but one has been around a while and Chase Young was the second overall pick out of Ohio state. But uh, you tell me since you're, you love defense, those two and then other people that you see in today's game defensively that can take over a game or change a game like those guys and how, how they do it. Yeah. Yeah. That was uh that was a big game, obviously for Chase Young. He's always had that ability he has a great supporting cast. I think that has a lot to do with that situation. Aaron Donald, uh, you know, I, I always would take my hat off to him because, you know, he had good players around him, but nobody at his level. The Washington Redskins, I believe they have three or four 
first round draft picks yep. playing on that defensive line. And, uh, and, and he's learning the game. I mean, there, there's certain things that, that you do from a defensive line standpoint, and it does take you time, you know, which is different than the college game. Little, little pointers of studying the offensive linemen and studying formation and studying backfield sets. I mean, these things are all what, what goes into having a very good player and having a great player. So, uh, no, that's uh, – boy, the arrow is pointing up for the Redskins. I mean, it's yeah. – and then you, you throw in Alex Smith. That's why I like them down the stretch. I think, you know, even though I love the Giants, I think down the stretch you put in Alex Smith as experience uh, – and, and he's only played five games now, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, a year and a half off. So I think, I think the arrow's up for this year with the Redskins, where they yeah. go with him in the future, who knows? Yeah, they're, with, with Alex Smith, when he's been, he's, they're 4-1 and one with him as the, as the Washington quarterback, Miles Garrett, to another good defensive, outstanding, I should say, defensive player. Yeah. I think, and I, I bring that up, Dave, because the Brown, we just saw this Monday night game, and it's in the Steelers, obviously the AFC North, that uh, Pittsburgh 11-2, and two, you, said, you had that Browns-Baltimore game which was uh, absolutely uh, in, incredible there. What, I mean, the, the, the differences in Lamar Jackson, you know, he was obviously the MVP, and I know he has, maybe he hasn't been healthy and their rhythm has been thrown off. But, but are those, both of those, you see both of those as being playoff teams? I think we were just assuming that Cleveland was going to be in. Things have tightened up a little bit. Yeah, Cleveland will definitely get in, and, and I love everything about Cleveland. I truly do. Now, I think Baker Mayfield obviously threw the ball a little bit too much. Maybe he had to, you know, in last night's game against Baltimore. But if he can, they can keep him, you know, throwing the ball 25 to 30 times a game, they're going to be tough to beat. Uh, they truly will. And, and Baltimore, you know what, and I've been thinking about this, and when you watch Baltimore early and when you read between the lines, there was a lot of conversation about Lamar Jackson and how he is improved in his passing game and how he's improved in his reading the plays from, from a passing game standpoint. And he's improved on his foot. Everything was about the passing game. So you had the impression that that's what was in everybody's mind at Baltimore. And I think the last couple of weeks, they, you know, they said, hey, hey, this, you know, John Harbaugh, the head coach there, probably came in and said, guys, we're going to be eliminated from the playoffs if we keep if we don't change direction and go back to what we do best as a team and basically told Lamar, I don't care if you throw a pass in a game, if you don't like the pass, if you don't like it being open, if you don't like, like the throw, you tuck it and run the football. And ever since you just get a feel that that's the mentality now. And that's what they did a year ago. That's why he was the MVP. And when he does throw the ball now, I think he threw it 17 times total. It was yeah, 12 or 17 last night. You know, so that, uh, wow, if you can do that and, and still score that many points, that's, that's something special. That's their formula to being successful, no question. But do you have to worry about that? Uh, and, again, he's physically different than a Kyler Murray who's been beat up. We know Russell Wilson. He's really not a runner first, but he runs to throw. But in today's head, you see these guys that can run around. I don't know how, how long can he continue going back to Lamar Jackson to do that before the physical beating. Uh, and we saw him yeah. injured and came back. It takes a toll. I mean, the NFL's a little different that way than college. Absolutely. And there's been a lot of great uh, fast option run first pass second quarterbacks that don't last very long. 
I don't, I don't know, but you know what? I, I kind of look at it this way. I mean, we're trying to win right now. Right now, we're being paid to, to win right now. So we, everybody's got to do what they have to do to help the team to win. And uh, so I think that that's got to be everybody. When it's when he has that mentality, and he does, and, and plus, Chris, let's be honest, he doesn't get hit very often, very, you yeah, know, very hard. Right. Yep. I mean, he's so he's so fluid and so athletic. It's ridiculous. Yeah, and so fast. I mean, you really see the difference he separates. Hey, we were talking oh. about uh, we were talking about Pittsburgh. Let me go back because uh, is it accurate that you were up? And I know you're a Steeler time for the head coaching job that that Bill Cowher ended up getting after the Chuck Knoll. Right? If we go back in history, you were that close. I, I kept hearing. I, I don't know if that yeah. was exaggerated or if yeah. You thought- I- you know what? I thought I was going to get the job, and you know what it came down to? I was only three years in the league coaching at the time, and Bill had been in obviously since his playing days, and it uh, we were kind of the mavericks of the NFL at that point. You know, we went into Dallas, and we were the college guys from Miami, and we were going to in the defense that, that we put in was what I did at Miami. And it was labeled in the NFL, the college 4-3. It still is because uh, we were doing things a little bit differently. And so we were kind of the Mavericks. And Jerry was, you know, starting to, to spread his wings a little bit in some of those <laughs> owner meetings. And, and I heard after the fact that, uh, you know, that uh, Art Modell, who owned Cleveland, and Bill was coaching at Cleveland, and Marty Schottenheimer and the Rooneys were very close that uh, that they just had more confidence in where he was coming from than what I was coming from. Because at that point, we were still, you know, we hadn't gone to any Super Bowls yet or, or really yep. done anything at Dallas. And uh, so, you know, I, I think that had a lot to do with it is, is from what I was told. Going back, and then you ended up obviously, you know, becoming a head coach your time, at, well, we're talking Miami, but also the Bears. And, and talk about teams, yep. that are, you know, coming together at the right yeah, time. We, the Go ahead. You, you know what? It's funny because you talk about what did I learn from being in this announcing business. Uh, now that I study it more, college and pro, I mean, I was totally convinced when I went to the Bears that we could win big without a quarterback. Uh, without a quarterback, it was a difference maker. And I, Jim Harbaugh was my first year, and his contract was up. Then we signed Eric Kramer, and he got hurt, and we went to Steve Walsh. I ended up with six different starting quarterbacks in my six years. But, but the point is that every coach uh, has a window when you have to hit a big, Chris. And if you look around the NFL right now, or, you know, college is a little different, or you seem to be a little bit more patient. And, and in the NFL, it might be a two-year window. It might be a four-year window. It might be six years. Every, t- every situation is different. My point is this, that you have to hit it big. And I went to the playoffs and won a playoff game on the road. I think it's the last playoff game that the Bears have won when I was there. So I, we did some good things early. And then that fourth year was my year. Okay, we, we spent a little bit of money. We signed a few free agents. And we opened up in Soldier Field against the Dallas Cowboys, the defending Super Bowl champs, Troy, Emmett, Michael, Dion, and everybody. And we beat them on Monday night football, 17-13 or 17-14. And it was the best team I had. And this was my window. And don't you know, we go the next week and Eric Kramer, our starting quarterback, breaks his neck. He's out for the year. 
Dave Craig, who was a veteran guy, takes over. We go seven and nine. Contracts are up. Players leave. And that was the beginning of the end. So that's kind of, you know, that was my Bears experience. But I say the story because if you look around the NFL, that's kind of how it works, you know, and you say, yeah. why did that, that guy was there four years. That guy was only there two years. That guy was there one year. Well, when you take the job with the owner, you better find out what that window of opportunity is. Now, there are more ways to be a team with Microsoft Teams. Bring everyone together in one space with a new virtual room. Collaborate live, drawing, sharing, and building ideas with everyone on the same page. And make sure that more of your team is seen and heard with up to 49 people on screen at once. Learn more about all the newest Teams features at Microsoft.com slash Teams. Well, how about the current Bears situation? I uh, you know, with but bring in Foles and Mitchell Trubisky. I mean, they they've gone back to Trubisky. They're uh, still alive in the in the playoffs. But but that situation, there's a coach who's just in that spot you're talking about. Whatever the window is, and they, I don't know. Do they have an answer at quarterback? You tell me. Well, I've been a fan of a, a fan of Mitch Trubisky's all along. But here here's how I tagged that. I said Mitch Trubisky. If I had Mitch Trubisky when I was coaching, he would be perfect. You run the ball. You take Mitch Trubisky and put him on Cleveland's team, and the guy is going to play as good as Baker Mayfield. Okay, right. But he's not. He's a, he's an athlete. You got to move him in the pocket. He's play action. He's a he can run the ball. He's going to make. He, he was averaging about thirty yards a game rushing scrambles and called runs. So, but you got to use him. And they just refused. Matt Nagy refused to adjust the offense to Mitch. He wanted Mitch to do what he wanted to do, and it wasn't working. So that's when they went to Nick Foles. Well, then after three or four losses, Matt Nagy turned the play calling over to Bill Lazor. So now I think Lazor is doing actually a pretty good job of, if you watch the Bears play and watch them this week, you're going to see a lot of play action. You're going to see more runs than they've ever had. You're going to see Mitch rolling out on the corner and throwing passes. So they're, I think what they're doing is they're saying, you know, this we're going to all get fired if Mitch doesn't play good. And what <laughs> does Mitch do best? What does Mitch, yeah, what does Mitch yeah. do best? Let's get let's give him a chance to be successful, and we all will. And that's yeah. what they're doing. Yeah, and it appears the skill set around him is just maybe not as talented, right? In terms of receiver, running back, tight end. Would you agree with that? Well, they. Yeah, yeah, they got a bunch of young kids. You know, they've got, uh, I think, really up-and-comers, though. they got that Cole Komet, yep. a big tight end from Notre Dame. Now, they also have Jimmy Graham, you know, so you got the right. older veteran guy. But Komet's an up-and-comer. they got a little receiver named Mooney that can fly, uh, receiver Miller that can fly, and then the veteran guy, obviously, is Robinson, and he's a, he's a good player. So they've got enough cast. They truly have enough supporting cast that uh, – uh, that if they do the things again that Mitch does best, I think they got a chance. And, and obviously, this will be the game. You know, they lost to the Vikings the first time they played them. So now they got Minnesota this week and then Jacksonville and Green Bay. You know, uh, th- this is the game. If they yeah. can beat Minnesota this week, then they got a real chance, I think. Yeah, the Viking defense isn't the same with the injuries they've had and the people they've lost up front. How, how good's the Bears' defense? I wanted to get your thoughts on defenses currently in the league around the NFL and, and Washington. The Rams come to mind. The Colts, I know you've talked about them before on, 
on the TV broadcast, right. but where does the Bears defense, because they, they, in the game against Houston, you saw if, they, if it's the old-style dominant defense, they, once the team gets a lead, then they, they seem to take over. They're more comfortable. And, and that's kind of how it was a uh, couple, two or three years ago when they had the great, great year, and they were getting all the sacks and the turnovers. But, and I know, I talked to Chuck Pagano. I, I stay in touch with him. I communicate actually a little story. When I was coaching at USC out there in Southern California, uh, I was with Jimmy Johnson at Oklahoma State. Jimmy and I were assistants together at Pittsburgh. And then he gets the Oklahoma State job, so I get down there with him. And then I leave uh, Oklahoma State and go to USC. Well, don't you know the next year Jimmy gets the uh, uh, University of Miami job? So he wants me to come down to Miami with him. So I said, I'll tell you what, I'll come down to Miami with you, but I got to bring a young coach with me that does all my film work. And the guy is smart and hard worker. And he says, what's his name? And I said, Chuck Pagano. Jimmy said, okay. So I bring Chuck with me from USC down to Miami. And then he meets, you know, Butch Davis and all the guys. And, and, and here you go. He's on his way. But so my point is a little side story there, but my point is that, uh, you know, early in the year, their offense was so bad, as we all know. I mean, they 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 scored hardly like six. The defense, okay, the, the defense was, was was doing such a good job trying just to hang in there. But Chuck was afraid to blitz. I mean, they played so conservative because he says we can't give up a big play if we if we give up one score on defense. Our offense is going to struggle, struggle to score, and now we can't play from behind. I mean, we're, we're in trouble. So they, I think they were conservative. And last week, and I don't know the number, but they brought more pressure than I have seen them in the last five weeks. And by pressure, I mean anything more than four guys rushing to me is pressure. And I saw Roquan Smith coming. I saw Danny Trevathan coming. So, that, so they mixed it up, and they were more aggressive He'd like Chuck would like to do that. I mean, his background, you know, he's with Rex down here at Baltimore. So he knows and has all the pressure packages. But, you know, Chuck's been a head coach too. So he gets it that, hey, if we blitz him and we give up two quick scores and we're down 14 nothing, how are we going to overcome it? We can't win. Yeah, it'll change things a little bit, but they're still alive. Uh, real quick, uh, just uh, two personalities uh, from Mike Ditkin, Jimmy Johnson, coaches you you've been around. Give me a, yeah. give me a, a one thought of memory or, or line on, on, on each of those guys. We'll start with, uh, with Jimmy Johnson. Well, J- well, Jimmy is so, and they're both really personable. I, I kind of make a, a, but Jimmy really uh, is so smart and he, uh, uh, he didn't have to watch much tape and he loved the, the picking of the players and the personnel end of it. And, and he just had a knack of getting, the most out of all his coaches and he would give it a responsibility and you were accountable, but he always, and I remember there was a couple coaches and I was with Jimmy 18 years and well, there'd be something that I'd say, Jimmy, this is crazy. This guy just, you know, how he's going to caught, he's hurting us. He's not carrying his end of the deal with this one specific thing. And he'd say, Dave, but look at it this way. Look at the other five things that the guy does outstanding. You know, so Jimmy was always kind of looking from the psychologically end of it and push those buttons, get them to step up that way. And, uh, you know, Jim, Jimmy was tough. He was demanding on the players. Uh, and and coaching-wise, we were always together. I mean, every place we went, they called us the Miami Mafia. When we were at the University <laughs> of Miami, we would 
we would jog at lunchtime and we did the same thing at the Cowboys. I mean, we took a jog before the Super Bowl even that morning, you know, so we were always kind of together and, and, and we were talking football and then we would have our social time and have our beers and we were talking football. So that was always a part of Jimmy's. Uh, Mike, uh, Mike was the same way. Mike had a lot going on. Uh, Mike was fan. He still has a fantastic person. I still see him in Naples. I, I have a house in Naples and, uh, I see Mike down there. He belongs to a different club and, and Mike was tough. Mike was old school. I mean, it was going to be his way or, or no way. Uh, a funny story with Mike. He was, I was the head coach of the bears. And he was the head coach of the Saints. And so they were having training camp up in Wisconsin at Lacrosse, Wisconsin. And so Mike and I were talking, and he says, Why don't you guys come down and practice against us? And I said, That'd be great. It was like an hour bus ride. So we get down there and we stay in their dorms and everything. And the coaches would be downstairs in the, their meeting room. Both staffs would get together and talk about the practice schedule. And it was kind of funny because, in, you know, who's going to work against who tomorrow, just so that both, both staffs, everybody was on the same page, where we were going to be at on the field, and who was going to be working against who, and on and on, how long the periods were going to be, and so forth. So I'm sitting up there when assistant coaches are doing this, and Mike and I are having a cigar and having a glass of wine, and uh, his phone's ringing, and he won't answer it, and the phone rings, and he won't answer it, and the phone rings, and he won't answer it. So finally, he picks up the phone. He says, what? And it was his offensive coordinator. And he says, Mike, what do you want to do run-wise tomorrow? Is there any certain plays that you want to see that you didn't like today? <laughs> Mike <laughs> says, as only he can say, he says, I didn't like anything that we did today. Run every damn play that we ran to the right today. Run it to the left tomorrow. And he slams the phone down. <laughs> and, that, and I looked at him. I said, that was simple, huh? And, and, and that's kind of Mike, you know? I mean, he, uh, yeah. he says, I didn't like anything. Every damn play we ran to the right today, run it to the left tomorrow, and he slammed the phone down. <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah, that, that pretty much defines him. He's a, he's a great American football coach. And while we're talking about your uh, former stops, let me go to the Dolphins because I want to move the Dolphins forward because they're one of those teams, Dave, I, I think currently speaking, with the 8-5 and five record, they're ahead of schedule with the quarterback situation having drafted Tua and you had the veteran uh, Fitzpatrick. Are, are, are they a, a, a playoff team? What's impressed you most about the Dolphins? You know what? A year – go back a year ago, I didn't think they'd win a game. No one did. And they ended up winning four or five games. And, you, you know, you kind of had a feeling that the players were responding to Brian Flores, a new head coach. And, and then this year uh, – and Chris Greer, who I actually brought on board when I was coaching the Dolphins, uh, he was the scout for us, and he worked his way up. He's the general manager now. So he, they've done a great job of adding free agents and draft picks. And Chan Gailey, I got to give a shout-out to my man Chan. You know, Chan was my offensive coordinator when I was a head coach of the Dolphins. And then I went and worked for Chan for a couple years in Buffalo when he was a head coach up there. Well, Chan retired, and – uh, kind of a funny story, you know. He was with he was with Fitz Magic. We call Fitz Magic. He was our quarterback at Buffalo, and then Chan went to the Jets and had him at, at the Jets. And I guess Fitz Fitz Magic and Brian Flores, you know, last year Fitz played pretty good, and and they were talking about bringing in a young quarterback, and 
And I guess they were just talking, who, who, what co- quarterback coaches have you been around? And I think Fitz basically said, hey, the best guy I've ever been around is Chan Gailey. So they wow. talked Chan into coming out of retirement. And Chan's the offensive coordinator now with the Dolphins, and he's doing a great job. And uh, he's a great fit with Tua and everything personality-wise. So, yes, they are ahead of schedule. Uh, I think they've got a great chance. The team they got to keep their eye on, obviously, is Baltimore. But they're they got a lot of picks. I don't have it in front of me. I think next year they got two number ones next year and two number twos. So they've got a chance to really add more young talent to that football team in the coming year. If you're a Dolphins fan with Brady gone and everything that changes at New England, the arrow is pointing up and you should be real excited. Yeah, and, and the idea that the Jets obviously are going to have to have to rebuild. Well, before we wrap here, let's you know we didn't have a chance to get into the NFC and a lot of what's going on there with the Saints and, and, and the outstanding MVP type season for Aaron Rodgers. Uh, well, let's talk about that Saints thing real quick because they, you know, Drew Brees is healthy enough to come back. You you see what uh, the backup has has done, and maybe he is more of a runner than a thrower. How would you handle that if you're in the in the shoes of Sean Payton? Yeah, I Drew's got to be the guy. I, I think uh, Taysom Hill has done a fantastic job, but I think it's it's you can only add so many more pages to the playbook, in my opinion, with Taysom Hill. And now I think Taysom Hill has proved to everybody that he can throw the ball. You know, usually those guys that you bring in there in that wildcat, we'll call it situation. And I did the wildcat with LaShawn McCoy when I was at Pittsburgh. And I did the wildcat with Ricky Williams when I was at the Dolphins. But where it would would end is when it was – when the defense started ganging up on the run and it was time to throw the ball. And now these guys could throw it effectively where Taysom Hill gives you the running attack and the passing attack, but they're going to be in other games where it's going to be tie or it's going to, they're going to be behind and you have to throw the football and, and you have to be able to make adjustments. I, I just think that Drew Brees brings all that to the table. And, and I would still get Taysom. If I was a head coach here, I'd get, if I was Sean Payton, I'd get, I'd get Taysom. 15 plays a game, you know what I mean? A half a dozen runs, a half a dozen passes, do whatever you want to do with them. So I wouldn't get away from that, but for sure, you know, when, when you have to take a ball on a two-minute drill and put points on the board, you need Drew Brees in there. Yep. And, and uh, Dave, as, as we stand now with three games in the regular season to go, the Packers and the Chiefs are both the top seeds in, in each of the conference. Different this year because you're the only team that gets the first round by on you're saying, you know, that's a, I think people thought that would be the Super Bowl matchup last year, uh, but 49ers crushed Green Bay. So uh, give me your, uh, your final four based on where we are and what you think is over the last, you know, three games, uh, AFC Championship, NFC Championship. What, what do you look at here between these four? Well, Kansas City, and, and you know the team that uh, I wasn't on them for a while, but after watching Buffalo, and I actually – I knew they could throw the ball – and their defense is getting better. And I talked to a coach at Buffalo about three weeks ago, and he said, you know, some of our stars that Jerry uses and some guys like that, they, they, need to, they need to pick their game up a little bit. And all of a sudden, the last three weeks they have. So their stars on defense are starting to play better. And with Buffalo Singletary, their running back, they, they've been kind of at bottom 10 in the league running the ball. All of a sudden, I see him running the ball a little bit better. So I think that Buffalo, I, 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 today I would probably go Buffalo 
and obviously Kansas City, even ahead of my Steelers. And it's tough for me to say that. <laughs> That's right. How about the NFC? Oh, I like Green Bay. Uh, you know, I, I I just think that Aaron Rodgers is is playing too good. And are the Rams? I want to say. Rams? You, okay, I was going to throw the yeah, Rams you know in what? there, but. I, I like the I like the Rams. You know, the only thing with the Rams, I get nervous with Jared Goff at times. Yeah, you know, he's, the only he's, one. <laughs> he, he he makes me nervous, uh, and he made me nervous in college from time to time. You know, you see him play against Tampa about three weeks ago, and the and the guy was uh, MVP, and then the next week he comes out and throws three interceptions, and and you know and they get beat. So. Uh, I like the Rams defense. I like the Rams philosophy. I love what Sean McVay's doing. Uh, but I, I don't know. I, I'm going to stay with uh, – I'm going to go with New Orleans because I think they have as good a defense. And, and I think that the running game down there and with Drew Brees back, I'd probably give a slight edge to them. And I want to say Tampa because I, I really – I'm a Tampa fan, but I, I don't see it happen. I know Bruce Aarons is feeling good. What do you say – he likes, they found their identity and we can do anything we want. Well, yeah, I love it, but, but we, you know, they, they look a little inconsistent to me at this point. Yeah. But, no, and uh, I, I know your original, you know, with Green Bay there, whether it's who, against the Saints or Rams, but yeah. think about it, Dave, if, if Green Bay keeps that home field advantage, right? Uh, think about the Rams or the Saints having to go to Green Bay in January, right? Yep. That, that changes. Yep. You've seen enough of that. Yeah. No, that, that could be a big factor. Uh, absolutely. And I know Drew Brees says, Oh, it doesn't bother me. I'm, you know, played at Purdue, but there's a big difference when you're practicing and you're inside and just, just the temperature. I mean, it, uh, either one of those teams going from California or new Orleans to green Bay in, in January, it's a whole different ball game. Uh, it's all about green Bay's defense. Can they be physical enough? You know, they have right. to sh- show up and win a physical game and, that's the only part of this that the Rams definitely are better on defense than Green Bay. The, the Saints are definitely, you know, better on, on defense than Green Bay. That's the question mark that the Packers have. Okay. Well, and our final question, one of those what-if questions, and it can't be the, the Miami or the Pittsburgh or Chicago, and, and, and not with the current players, because you say, oh, I'll take Mahomes or I'll take Rodgers. But if you could coach any other franchise and be the head coach, in the NFL. Is there anyone that you thought about? You said, boy, it would have been nice to have uh, better. I would, if I, if I had that dream job now and I'm, I'm taking that organization and then you gather the players, but it's more about the city or the team or the franchise. Uh, again, I'm removing your roots with the Steelers bears and where you were. Yeah. Kansas. You know what? I, 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 I think the, well, I, I'm always partial to where the best running backs are. So I look at, I, I look at Minnesota, right. And, and that jumps off the, the, the table at me right there. I would, uh, I, I like the Vikings. You know, I, I think it was running the ball and Kirk Cousins. And th- I mean, I think the, I like the Vikings and uh, God, I hate to say it. Uh, boy, I can't, I can't pick Pittsburgh. You know, I would definitely <laughs> go them with, I'd go with Buffalo. I, I think yeah. that Josh Allen is a young player and they're a young team that's, that's gaining confidence. I like the bills. And, and, and I kind of like Minnesota. I, I think that this game is going to – we're going to find out this week against the Bears. But I kind of like Minnesota a little bit. Yeah, well, we know in your heart you're an old-school Pittsburgher with Chicago ties. And I always love talking football with you, riding back from our Fox seminar. <laughs> when we hoot yes, all these would, years later, yeah. it would be a lot of fun. Uh, Fox Absolutely. NFL, yeah, the kickoff show. We'll see you with uh, Carissa Thompson, uh, Tony Gonzalez, and Michael Vick, Colin Coward. Fun, fun group to lead into the NFL on Fox pregame show with Kurt Terry Howie. 
uh, Jimmy and, and Michael. So I always love watching you. We'll do this again. The playoffs should be fun. You take care, Dave. We'll see you again real soon. Okay, sounds good. Thank you, Chris. Bye-bye. All right. We appreciate Dave Wanstead being with us on CMI, the Chris Myers interview. Thanks for listening to CMI, the Chris Myers interview. Make sure to subscribe, rate, review, and spread the word. Get new episodes every Wednesday on Podcast One, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Now, there are more ways to be a team with Microsoft Teams. Bring everyone together in a new virtual room. Collaborate live. Building ideas on the same page. And see more of your team on the screen at once. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash Teams.